the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 463 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to your weekly fix of randoms, technology and life. I'm Sam. We're recording remotely and my mic isn't working yet again. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, we, we won't need any more bleeping. Uh, there was lots bear, of silence when the bleeping thing would have been. <laughs> bear, bear with us. Uh, <laughs> this We normally have better audio quality. Maybe yes. you can't tell. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to figure out. Yeah, well, we'll, you'll find out when when we see the recording. Hey, um, so I'll just tell you what my morning's been like. So I had a meeting this morning that I booked a a wee while ago, and it's sort of important. It was sort of, you know, um, potentially somebody I can collaborate with to do some workshops and, and bits and pieces. So when we first connected, I gave her my calendar link. I use Harmonizely. Okay. Uh, not Calendly, but same sort of thing. Uh, she couldn't make that work, or she got a thing. I'm like, I never got a uh, confirmation. Did you get a confirmation? She goes, Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Okay, um, use my link. So I got a, her link, and I got it, and I was like, Sweet, cool. I'll sit, catch you on Friday at nine thirty. Oh That's no, this, is this a time zone problem? No, oh, Friday yeah. nine thirty. I well nine. 20 like I, I spent an hour this morning preparing for this meeting like basically an hour more than i spent preparing for yeah, this podcast yes, exactly exactly <laughs> uh, lucky yes. uh, lucky <laughs> and so i prepared for this thing and i'm sitting there i've got everything going i've got everything right i know i'm going to switch screens to do the different bits and pieces i know what i'm going to talk about all the rest of it click in the calendar and there's no zoom meeting thing <laughs> oh. What the hell? And then I look at an email that uh, reminds me, and you know, it's in one hour's time. And I go in there, it goes Zoom meeting undefined, and I'm like, no. So I message her, and she messages me, emails me right back, and says, oh, don't know what's happening with my calendar. Calendar, try this link, and it's a it's a website link. It's like uh, Zoom meeting with what's the name yeah. dot com or whatever. And I click on that, that doesn't work. So I emailed her back and said, that doesn't work either. Because she said, I oh, use this or let me know and I'll give you an invite. Yeah. Said, That's not working either. Waited a while, didn't get a reply. Said, how about you jump in my room? Because I know that works. So I jumped in my room and sent her that. And yeah, spent the next half hour waiting and no no meeting. No catching up. Oh. It happened. <laughs> any, 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 any feed? Have you heard from her since? No? Nope. Nope. Uh, She's going to ghost you now. See you later. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I, you almost got to laugh because it was just like, oh. And then I said, well, frick, well, that was a waste of morning. I'll I'll just um, catch up with Sam for the podcast and link into Sam. And Sam's like mouthing things. Well, I can't hear anything. And... No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, that's my morning. How's yours morning? How's your taping going? How, how's, what's the drum with the car? We got any uh, progress on that front? I rang them yesterday, uh, and the insurance company don't know where the car is. What? So let me tell you. Let, let me here's the <laughs> here's the scenario, and let me tell you. Let me tell you what you'd do in this situation. So okay. I rang them a week ago, and I said the car has been found. It has been picked up by this tow company and taken to their yard. 
the police have told me this. Okay, cool. We'll organize it. And then I hadn't heard anything. So I rang him yesterday and I said, hey, look, I don't know how long this stuff takes, but uh, what what's the go? And they're like, oh, well, we keep ringing Hamilton, the Hamilton Tow Yard. Uh, I think it's called Hamilton Towing. And they keep telling us that they don't have your car. And I said, that's correct. Why would they have my car? Because it's at this other tow yard. I've told you this. Oh, yeah, that's written in the notes. <laughs> so she says, I'll just put you on, on hold. And I'll just ring the other one, like the one that I've told them about. And they're like, yep, the car's here. She's like, oh, oh, the car's there. So I said, so you're telling me that somebody just keeps ringing this other place. And even though there's a note of another mention of another tow truck yard, they haven't thought of ringing them. She goes, yeah, that seems to be what's happened. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh, it'd be so good to have a job like that where you could just do that sort of crap and get away with it and get paid. Like, ah, uh, that would be so cool. I know. So anyway, <laughs> maybe today they because the 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 tow yard has to take some photos of the car and send those to the insurance company first before the insurance company does anything. Like if it's if it's completely smashed. I don't even think they bother looking at it. But if it's not, then they go and look at it, I think. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense yeah. to sort of triage them a bit. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, that happened. Um, I caught up with my... Auntie. Did you not say anything like, are you paying my rental from the car I've got to use while you're stuffing around with this? Well, no, I don't have that in my policy. You have to pay extra to have rental, so I don't Well, have I don't know. I think uh, when they stuff around and just screw things up for, what has it been, a week? Two. Two weeks? Yeah, you, you owe me a car for two weeks because you guys have been screwing around for two weeks, or at least a week of that two weeks. Yeah. Anyway. I caught up with my auntie and uncle just before they flew out to um back home to the UK. I'm going to yep. insert some audio here of my uncle Nigel. <laughs> I asked him a couple of questions about what he liked and what we could do better in New Zealand. So he's given some feedback. Hey, Sam here. In episode 462 of the podcast last week, you would have heard me talk about my uncle, Nigel, who's traveling around New Zealand, and he's about to leave in uh, five days. So I've uh, wrangled him uh, here, and uh, he may sound drunk, but he's not. He's just learned a new uh, trick to do with his finger, you know, the sliding one with your thumb that moves. He's very impressed with it. He's never sensed for his life. (laughs) Your sister showed me, and uh, it's along with the card trick that I've been showing everybody. Well, now I have two tricks, don't I? I did mention the card trick have, uh, in the last card. episode, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's gone around New Zealand, and uh, I'm being thrown out in five days' time due to the card trick. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so this is uh, your third trip to New Zealand, I think? Correct. Yeah. Ten year, uh, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and now. Excellent. Um, what I wanted to ask you was, what are your highlights, if any? What does New Zealand do right? Uh, road signs. Very good. Yeah, I do like the road signs to warn you about what's coming up and what's happening. Um, I do like uh, driving over the the roads, especially up in the mountains. I think the one that went, I think I told you, the one from Hanmer. Hamner, the road to Hamner down in uh, in the South Island. He liked that one? Yeah, I did. And, well, there's there's, uh, several. The one goes out to, um, along the coast to the... um, 
Albatross. Where is that? I have no idea, but we'll just uh, all imagine that. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, please imagine me driving along with my wife uh, in a little Toyota um, along a coast road to uh, where we went out to see the Albatross. Somebody will know where that is, I'm sure. And it's a lovely, lovely trip. Sounds good. What could New Zealand do better? Um, I, don't, I, don't think there, I don't think there is anything. We've enjoyed everything we've done, actually. Um, I, 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 I think the food service could be a bit quicker, probably. They're just a bit laid back, but uh, you've just got to live with that, I think. Good, good. I hope Tourism New Zealand is uh, listening to this glowing, positive uh, review of New Zealand. Is there anything else you want to say to any of our podcast listeners? Of course, we reach all around the world. We have no idea who's listening, but... Uh uh, well, well, if uh, if you're coming, uh, do it sooner rather than later. Make the effort, save the money up, and um, yeah, come along. There's plenty of motels, plenty of motels, isn't there? Plenty of places there to stay, and it's all uh, actually it's really, really, really jacked up for tourism here as well. Everybody, uh, everything is laid on for the tourist, whatever it may be. Look at that, very good. Thank you so much. Uh, hope you have a great trip back to the UK uh, to the cold and wet. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Feedback for all of New Zealand. That's right. That's all you need. You just need one British person to come in and tell us what's wrong. <laughs> You've heard the term whinging pom, right? Yeah, no, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He, uh, no, everything's good. They had a good time. I've got some interesting potato chip facts or potato okay. crisps. So the Guardian wrote this very long where are my notes? Where have my notes gone? <laughs> I wrote a bunch of notes, and I must not have hit save. So anyway, there's this really big article on theguardian.com. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's called The Weird Secretive World of Crisp Flavors. And it's talking about these people that are employed by big companies that they can't name, and their job is to find new flavors from around the world. Sounds like they just travel around the world eating food. And then they go back to this top chef and the top chef goes, okay, let's recreate that. And then it goes to a top secret um, seasoning house. And there's a couple of them in the world. And some of them are doing um, flavors for different brands, but at the same time, but they're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, they're like siloed off in the in the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's pretty cool. But they've got, um, they're just talking about like the random flavors that they've come up with. And a lot of the flavors depend on how people travel and migration and stuff, which I thought was interesting. That's Yeah, that is fascinating. And then in, uh, in Belgium, they've got a 27-year-old Pringles factory. It makes 100,000 tons of Pringles annually, and it's running every day of the year, right, pumping out Pringles. So who do you think did have, until 2022, had some of the biggest uh, sales of Pringles. Like, what, what country? Yeah. I, I, I would have said the US. Like No, so so Russia it was really, really big. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and they're so big that they can say to Pringles, this is the flavor we want. And they said that doesn't normally happen. They just go with whatever. So uh, Russia... So everywhere in the world, it's original or sour cream. But in Russia, second place is taken over by crab, the flavor crab. 
<laughs> I need I need crab Pringles now. I have to try. Well, they they Pringles. had to stop it after they invaded uh, Ukraine, so they're out now. Uh, very long article, but pretty there, cool. There must you're... be some in a warehouse somewhere. Even oh, if yeah, it, yeah, yeah, even yeah. if it expired, send it through to the Chris and Sam podcast. I will eat them. Okay, I will, I will give my uh, um, decision on whether they are worth it or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that happened. Do you know? I don't know if if you came across this because you might be a bit too old for it or not. Do you remember <laughs> the? No, no. Like seriously, I don't know. So there was a kids' three D animated show back in the day called Reboot. No. Okay. So think- it's twenty years old, and at the time. It was, I think, the first television series that was 3D generated. So 20 years ago, it was like groundbreaking. Yeah. And it was pretty it cool. Does it does sound a little bit familiar, but I don't They know. were like, they sort of had like green skin. If you look it up, you'll, you'll, you'll notice it. But there's a crowd that's doing a documentary about it. And it was a Canadian company that did all the work. And this, I think there's only a couple of people, but they've been tracking down the original voice actors and all of this stuff. They actually ended up going to the company's headquarters, which must still be around or some version of it, and they found all the original files and all the original um, broadcast tapes. But it's in some weird format. So they were like, hey, we need to find a player. I can't remember what it's called, some weird player. This isn't normal. And it took them a while, and they had to reach out around the world to find somebody that had one of these things. So now they're going to be able to hopefully... Because I don't think you can get this on DVD or Blu-ray, and people want that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Huh. That's pretty cool. Hey, I've got a story here. Um, surprisingly, the story is from LinkedIn, so I'm going to read it out because it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I wrote it down as who hooked who. So a man's been saved after – this is from the New Zealand police, so yeah. they've posted it. A man has been saved after spending 23.5 hours in the water at yeah. off Fong and Matar. Yeah, using the reflection from his wristwatch to catch yeah. the attention of three fishermen. So he's on a solo fishing trip, and that's what gets me right. A forty-foot boat. Who yeah. goes on a fishing trip by themselves? Like I just, it never would occur to me to do. It. Although to be fair, Dad went out on the dinghy. It was a very small boat yeah, uh, yeah. on his own a bit. That's to, a bit different. To to put out cray, crayfish pots and. And that often me or my brother would be with him, but quite often he'd be by himself. But yeah, um, a, a, a 40 foot boat going out to near the Alderman Islands, which is quite a way out, I think. Yep. From my memory. Um, He's very and, lucky. Yeah. And then he, he fell off the boat. So he hooks what he suspected was a marlin and it pulled him off the boat. So my question is who hooked who? <laughs> Because this Marlin's going, I'll get this bugger, and pulls him off the boat, and the boat just keeps going. And he tries to swim after it can't, so then he um, just hangs around. He had a a shark come and have a sniff, um, but he uh, managed to keep that away and then managed to use the reflection on his watch to um, flash these guys. That's an amazing story. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, it's crazy. Well, I wonder how much longer he could have kept going. He must yeah. be pretty close to just like. Yeah, I, I assume he had a, it doesn't say here, I assume he had a life jacket. No, I don't think he did. That's oh, the, really? I don't think he did. From, um, from memory, 
I think someone I was talking to someone about it the other day and they were like, oh, who who doesn't have a life jacket? And I was like, oh, heaps of people will have one on the boat, but they're not yeah, wearing yeah. it because they think they can just grab it. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason I assumed he would is because if you're 23 hours is a long time to not have a life jacket and be out there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I do like this as well. It is not known where the man's boat has ended up. The Rescue Coordination Centre is advised of the last known direction, fuel on board and speed, so navigation warnings can be issued. Boaties are asked to report any sightings of empty powered vessels. I wonder That's if your insurance mental. covers that. <laughs> uh, probably not, because he jumped off the boat or something. We didn't jump. Well, you know, he left the, he left the boat. Yeah, it, there wasn't an accident as such. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's why I asked because, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. That's an expensive. Um, that's an expensive marlin that you didn't pull in. It doesn't say about the. It, he, he must have had a life jacket on. It doesn't say in this story that I just saw. No, it doesn't say in this one either. I think you have to because I don't think you could keep that going for twenty four hours. Nah. effectively with without a life jacket. Talking about fish. Yep. Did you know Sydney has a uh, Sydney in Australia has a beloved fish, like a type of fish or a specific fish? No, just one fish. One fish. Right. Yeah, it's this giant blue giant blue grouper that's been named Gus, right? And it's oh, this okay. big blue, ugly looking bloody fish, and it's so friendly. It's been around for years. I think it was something like thirty years old or something, thirty plus years old. All these families swim with Gus. It's in a protected um, area, like a, a whatever you call it, and um, so that's good. And then you have a, a a New Zealand spear fisherman goes in there and just kills it. Oh no! So everybody loses their shit over this. So the guys on the beach holding this fish, going, "Yeah, taking a photo of it." Um, he can get five hundred dollar fine for killing the fish in a no fishing zone. And um, then the spearfishing of a blue groper fish is also prohibited. So he could get $22,000 or six months in prison, right? So they're all freaking out. Then two days later, this guy goes, nah, I've swum with the fish for 30 odd years with my family. That's not Gus. That's a different fish. So I think the story is at the moment, he didn't kill the famous fish. Uh, he just killed another one that didn't have a name. <laughs> a nameless fish. Gus's little known brother. I, but I just love how a Kiwi... Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just love how a Kiwi's over there just, like, killing stuff. Yeah, because what was that thing where that dentist killed that lion in uh, Africa quite a few years ago, and it was a, a known, friendly lion that everybody oh. knew? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, uh, you just don't want to be that guy. No. Uh, and who goes spearfishing in a – I assume he's not from Sydney. I assume he was a tourist. Well, he's from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know but, what I mean. He might have been originally from New Zealand but been living over there. Oh, right? yeah, I know. I don't know. It's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, if you're a, a visitor, a tourist, you don't just go randomly fishing places that you don't have a license for. Like, there's so many regulations. About, yeah, uh, well, yeah, that's just the dumbest thing any, ever. Anyway, <laughs> talking about things that take a while, so 30 years of the fishing, 
did you hear Vietnam has pledged um, human rights reform? Because, oh, okay. What's that mean? So they've been really uh, shitty with uh, their human rights record. Um, okay. Yeah. And they've been they've got people that hit people with sticks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, criticism uh, da, 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 for crimes other than murder, torture, discrimination against minorities, rampant human trafficking um, are part of the problem and all the rest of it. So they have decided they're going to clean up their act. Okay. Uh, but these things do take time. Yeah. So they have decided that they're giving themselves up until December 31st, 2099 to sort that out. What? What's the, what's the point of announcing this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Effectively, it makes... it's just like, we're just going to make it legal till then and kick the can down the road. I yeah, know. I think so. That's, That's it. the You've, craziest you... thing. Yeah. December 31st, 2099. So, you know, if you want to do some human rights violations, head off to Vietnam now while you still can. While you still can. That's good. <laughs> it's mental. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. Did you see the uh, the flour mill silo collapse in Christchurch? No. So they've got all these big silos, and one of them just you said sort one of, of the brick, the old brick. No, corrugated iron. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of fell in. And oh, so spilled. it wasn't like a planned thing. It was a an exit. Well, no, it was it was an accident, I think, because the car yard next door got covered in it, and it <laughs> put, it pushed some of the cars twenty meters out of the way, and all oh. these cars, the second hand car yard, is just covered in um, flour. Holy crap! Yeah, it just failed on Sunday. It's dangerous too, right? Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna blow like, up. Blow up, yeah, yeah. Uh, so nine or ten cars uh, were damaged. Um, yeah, it just collapsed. There was five others, so this is the sixth one. Just went, poof, fell down. But weird. Uh, nobody was hurt. Uh, no, it happened late at night, so nobody was there. The silos okay. uh, at the Champion Flour Mill are only 10 years old. So that's weird. I'd be structurally checking out the other five. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So all this wheat, wheat went everywhere. God, I'm, <clears throat> I'm glad I'm not at Gilmore's. It <laughs> would have been... Buying up flour immediately. You have no idea how tight the flour market is in New Zealand. And a little thing like that, I say little, but, you know, like a thing like that can have an uh, impact on price of flour and um, supply for months. So yeah. I used to talk to a champion at least once a week for two years because oh, of wow. flour issues. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Um, I, I, I hate, I, I, I hate and love these stories. This is one of those, um, car crash type stories that you just go, what? Okay. And, but it's, it's, I, it's one of those, what do you call it? You shouldn't laugh, but how can you not? Um, so a pensioner in India, um, was, um, decided he needed to relieve himself. And he yep. was relieving himself on the railway tracks in the city of Alwar in India's northern state. Um, and 
another man was uh, also relieving himself nearby. So I don't know, a piss party. Basically, I don't know what's going on. And he suddenly died. How do you think he died? Oh, it has to be weird because I was going to say heart attack, but it can't be that. Um, Did he get electrocuted? No. Okay. What? I don't think you'll guess. He was killed when he was struck by a cow that was tossed 30 metres up in the air after it was hit by an express train. Oh, no. Come on. (laughs) How unlucky are you? (laughs) To be there, there's so many moving parts. That's Final Destination (laughs) stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and then there's this guy taking a piss next to him that just watches it and goes, ooh, that could have been me. (laughs) Yeah. That'll take a while. Are you Okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's tragic. Shouldn't laugh, but it's just what? Anyway, <clears throat> thought I'd share that one. No, yes, they've got a story here, which I guess is a feel-good story, but I don't know. Um, this woman who's ninety-one, who helps out at, uh, or sorry, lives at a retirement village, but she's always making pie clips. She reckons she's made over one hundred and fifty thousand of them over the years. There seems to be, like, the whole story is that she just makes pikelets all the time for everyone. I guess I guess that's a story. I don't know. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I guess I guess it's interesting. She, she says, I guess I was self-taught when I was a teenager. Like, she doesn't even know. Like, if you took away the pikelets, would she just crumble? What would she do? Imagine yeah. if she's imagine if she's she's self-taught as a teenager. Imagine if 150,000 of them are terrible and nobody's ever told her. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, you can't screw up pikelets though, really can you? You I don't know, you wouldn't think so, but here's, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um have you heard about the sneezing sea sponge in Tauranga? No. What okay. okay. Um, so it's a blue sponge, and it's believed to be the only one of its type in the world, and it's been discovered in Tauranga. Contractors okay. working on a site in the city stumbled upon the sponge, which resembles a cauliflower and is more than a metre in diameter. What? Researchers couldn't believe their eyes when diving off Beacon Wharf to confirm the discovery. Nobody believed him when he told us this thing was over a metre down there, you know, over a metre in diameter yeah. down there. Um, the science professor from Waikato University um, said, Chris Battersill, Battersill, I should say, um, he said the sponge was also able to sneeze. If they get covered in sediment, because there's some underwater photos of it and Tauranga Wharf looks pretty murky, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. So if it, they get covered in sediment, they need to get rid of it Um if they can. So this particular group of species will sneeze and the sediment just fluffs off it. Yeah. So it's like, it's just off the wharf. Nobody's ever discovered it. And some contractor is, I guess, checking the pilings or something on the wharf goes, wow, that's a big blue sponge thing. That's different. Good on them. Sounds like a Simpsons uh, issue of, you know, the three-eyed fish or something. I think good on them for getting somebody that knows what they're talking about to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Because you just just assume it's like, oh, well, everybody knows that's there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. 
But then, you know, what is it? Like 70% of the ocean has never been explored. So who knows what's down there? Oh, at least, yeah, absolutely. At least. I'm sure um, I was going to tell you I watched something, but I can't think what it was. Um, I came across this other thing. I know, I'm curious to see if you've heard about it because I'd never heard about it. And then I looked at it and it's got a lot of press and a lot of, um, I think you guys done a TED talk and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, come on, okay. I've never heard about this. So um, I like the way the, the original story, I got this off LinkedIn as well. Uh, Rui, Rui Peng is the guy's name. R-U-I is his first name. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll just read a little bit of this because so, I th- thought this was interesting. Over the past, last few years, it was made known that silica dust from granite and certain engineered stone is akin to asbestos. Yes. One in four stone countertop fabricators develop silicosis, a yes. debilitating lung disease caused by the silicate silicate dust. Um. As of July 2024, a complete ban on the use, supply, and manufacture of engineered stone for bench tops will be in effect in most Australian jurisdictions, which yeah, is huge. Yeah. And this was driven by the high number of silicosis cases among workers in the engineered stone industry. I had no idea of any of that. So that okay. I found fascinating on its own. I, I knew about that somehow. Yeah. So this guy has created um, uh, his, his company's called Critical. And he makes these what he calls clean stone panels. Okay, they're made from a hundred percent recycled plastics, um, oh. which are made from everyday packaging and commercial plastic waste. Nothing else. It's all just waste stuff. Yeah, they're beautiful and durable. Um, you can design the look and feel. Um, and so I went through a, a bit of a, a deep dive in this because they look really good, and we'll, we'll put some links in. Um. But I, I, I messaged the guy and I said, I looked on your website and you're lacking a lot of specifications. Like, what tools can you use with this? What tools can you not use with this? What are the temperatures that you can or can't use it in? You know, like, I, I'm thinking about what applications, because they look great. Yeah. Um, Did and, he get back to you? Uh, he got back to me pretty quick, actually. He said... Uh, appreciate the thoughtful feedback. We'll add new page in the coming weeks. So that's pretty good. But yeah, um, so have you ever heard of this cleanstone stuff? No, no, because they use um, so they use the plastic, but they also do a recycled glass surfaces. They oh. do bamboo surfaces and they do quartz. I like it here that it's a hundred percent a block of the stuff, so it's not breakable veneers because normal bench tops is a plastic veneer over MDF. Oh, I see what you mean. If, if you're not going with full stone, like if you're not, yeah, like the ones yep. I'm looking at here, they'll they'll just be um, yeah, a veneer. So you could chip it yep. or uh, dent it. This thing, it's all the way through. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Be heavy, though. I, would it, though? I mean, it would be heavy, but it wouldn't be as heavy as marble anyway. No, 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 no. It, yeah. It's just, so- yeah. Yeah, which is good. I mean, if you want it for a surface, I just I just thought it was really cool. And um, if you go on their website and you go into their uh, media page or about us or something like that, there's just all these. Um, they've been interviewed on Business is Boring. They've been interviewed on all these podcasts. They've been on TED Talks. There's a whole lot of stuff. I'm like, how come I? They're everywhere, and I've never heard of them. Anyway, it does make you wonder though. Like here, they've got. Recycled materials used for chef-grade chopping boards. Like, I think they may have done that first, or they've done that as a side thing. Like, Yeah, it makes sense have, that they would. 
but microplastics after thousands of little cuts? Yeah, actually, like, that, that was one of the questions one of the other dudes had here in this. Oh, thing. okay. Uh, I really enjoy your post. Your research and writing fantastic. I'm curious if Cleanstone creates microplastics through any stage of production, installation, or use. It's a really hot topic in the apparel industry, and I'm wondering if it's something you guys have to navigate as well. So obviously this guy's in the apparel industry. But yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're thinking along the right lines anyway, Sam. So, That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast. What else happened this week? Anything? Shout out um, to anyone new that's listening. Maybe family members of mine. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, normally the sound quality for Sam is a little better. He doesn't sound quite so underwater. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we will get that sorted. It, it's um, easy, it's better when we record in person. Yeah, yeah, live recording is way better normally. Um, but, yeah, so this week has been the first week back at work. I've had some significant deadline stuff to go through and I will be checking back in a minute after this is done and to see if I've got any last minute uh, updates I've got to fix before our deadline which is oh like today so um, yeah so that's been good but uh, as for next week yeah just work really and uh, maybe catching up with this person who um, who I couldn't catch up with today so good luck with that <laughs> okay, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.